This week on Telltales, we embark on an epic journey with a woodland creature. The Telltales are a member of the local strikers union who get together toot sweet to conjure cheap tricks. And also we write fiction stories. Josh is slowly forming a plan to fulfill his dream of swimming in tapioca pudding. David can read your mind. But only when you're thinking about pizza. Chris is the very model of a modern major general. Today's tale was written by David Prysock, and it is read by Chris Dumoulin. It's called The Tale of Nufim and Damir. Grab your Limbus bread and deer corn as we trek into the wilderness. In the elf lands of the north sat a village nestled between the foot of the mountain and the edge of the great forest. The elves of this village were tall and lean. Each one had long golden hair. They built great halls, hunted small game, and lived in peace and prosperity. Each elf had, as their companion, a deer from the nearby wood. The deer were not domesticated, nor were they entirely wild. Each elf would form a pair with the deer from a young age, either a proud antlered heart or a swift, slender hind, and the two would develop a close bond throughout the years. While every elf had a deer to call its own, not every relationship was the same. Such is the tale of the elf Nufim and his heart, Damir. Damir was a magnificent heart, a tall stag with massive antlers and fur, the blazing orange shade of a summer sunset. Nufim, the elf, adored Damir and followed him everywhere. Most elves would part from their companions throughout the day as work or leisure required. Nufim, however, never wanted to leave Damir's side for a moment. They would often take long walks into the woods or explore the mountainside for hours at a time. As time went on, Damir the stag began to take journeys further away from the village. Nufim would follow him to the hill south of the village which overlooked the valley. A stream flowed from the mountain and became a massive river in the distance. There were tales of wondrous lands along that river, massive cities inhabited by ogres, humans, dwarves, and other mysterious races. There were also whispers of a great darkness by the sea, but no elf dared travel that far from the village. Damir spent so much time at the cliff overlooking the lands to the south that Nufim the elf realized it was time to leave the village. The elders and villagers pleaded with him not to go. His role in the village as a master architect was important, and they would suffer if he failed to fulfill his duties. They cautioned him against blindly following his deer into the wilderness. Nufim understood their concerns, but could see that Damir longed to explore the towns along the great river to the south. He packed a small bag with supplies and walked with his deer out of the village. Nufim trekked through the forest with Damir until they reached the stream. They hiked along the bank, happily taking in the sights and smells around them. Nufim and Damir came to a village of men who had never seen one of the great deer from the elf village. They had lived in the shadow of the elf lands for generations, but had never been visited by the elves or their companions. The villagers of this town were in awe of the beauty of Nufim the elf and the majestic stag Damir. They showered the elf and his stag in gifts and jewelry and paraded them through the town. Nufim could tell that Damir was very pleased to get so much attention from the people of the village. The deer was given a soft bed and the best food the village had to offer. Nufim was glad to see Damir so honored by the townsfolk. He had always thought that both himself and Damir were the most beautiful out of everyone in their home village, yet the elves of the mountains never gave them any recognition. This village of men, on the other hand, revered them with the honor that 
they truly deserved. Newfam and Damir stayed in this village for many months. They relaxed, enjoyed the local food, and occasionally presented themselves in the town square so that the villagers could marvel at them. They were loved by all and could do no wrong in the eyes of the villagers. Eventually, Damir began to wander towards the edge of the town and look towards the road leading farther south. Newfam could see that Damir was no longer satisfied with the attention that he received from the village. As he began to pack his things, the villagers questioned Newfam as to why he would leave when he was so admired by all of them. Newfam told them that, although Damir was a mysterious creature with unknowable motives, he trusted his deer, and he would follow him always. The elf Newfam walked out of town with a saddlebag full of treasures. Damir was given finely crafted jewelry which now hung on his antlers as he led Newfam back into the woods. The villagers stood bewildered for a moment as they watched the two leave. After a few moments of stunned silence, they continued about their usual business. Newfam followed Damir down the road beside the river for many weeks. The elf became tired and very hungry. He had grown accustomed to the abundant food from the village, and he was not skilled at finding his own food. Starving and exhausted, they finally reached the next town. It was a community of dwarves who lived at the edge of a large quarry where they mined materials used for making their various wares. They had never seen an elf and a northern deer in their town before, and they didn't seem too interested in either. They were, however, very interested in the jewelry and treasures that they carried. The dwarves were more than happy to exchange food and shelter for Newfam's gold and the jewelry which decorated Damir's antlers. Newfam and Damir purchased a residence in the dwarf town and lacked for nothing because of the money that they received selling their treasures. Newfam did not have to work for a living and the dwarves expected nothing of them. Damir was given a comfortable bed in the private stable attached to Newfam's home. Newfam was able to afford the highest quality grooming tools with which to care for Damir's needs. The elf likewise lived in ease and comfort during his time with the dwarves. Everything was easy, and Newfam forgot what it was like to toil as he used to in his home village. Entertainers were brought to their home night after night. Newfam would sit and drink and laugh into the late hours and sleep through most of the next day. One night, in the midst of his merriment, Newfam noticed that Damir had left his side. He thought nothing of it at first, presuming only that he had retired early. When Damir's absence became a regular occurrence, Newfam sought him out and found him standing at the edge of the quarry. The deer stared out over the quarry towards a path on the far side that led through a dark valley beyond. Newfam asked the dwarves about the path, but no one in town knew what lay beyond the quarry. Weeks of nightly pleasures continued for Newfam, but Damir did not join him. After finding his companion at the edge of town yet again, Newfam saw that Damir had grown bored with their life amongst the dwarves. The elf began to pack up their things and make preparations for their departure. He had sold all of their treasures and only had a little gold left. With a small bag on his back, Newfam followed Damir into the quarry and through the ravine on the other side. The path beyond the quarry was rocky and difficult to traverse. The two followed the path at a slow pace until it gradually became dirt and finally soft grass. The road had rejoined the same river that they had traveled along before, but it was now wide and deep. They traveled the riverside road for another month before finding a small encampment of wood elves. They were nothing like the elves of his homeland in customs or in dress. They lived in harmony with the woods around them, but they did not form bond pairs with animals like the elves of Newfam's village. They did not understand the relationship between Newfam and his dear Damir. Nevertheless, they accepted Newfam and Damir into their village and gave them shelter and food. Newfam was very weary from his travels and welcomed the comfort of a nice home. Newfam took Damir to the stables to be fed and groomed, and there he met the most beautiful elf that he had ever seen. She worked the stables where Damir would reside, and they both found her to be kind and charming. Newfam settled into the elf village and married the girl from the stable. He lived there many years and had sons and daughters with his wife. Damir settled into a routine within the village and helped by pulling a cart for the fishermen who harvested the river. Newfam and Damir were both very happy during their time with the wood elves. 
Newfam's visits to Damir in the stable became fewer and farther between. When he did find time to visit his friend, he found it increasingly difficult to locate Damir. Newfam eventually discovered that Damir had been standing at the edge of town, gazing into the dark forest which the wood elves had warned them never to enter. Newfam knew what this meant and explained to his family that he did not belong here anymore. The elf made attempts at apology and explanation as he informed them that it was time for him and his deer to move on. They did not understand why Newfam would so suddenly leave the life that they had made together. Newfam's wife and children wept aloud as the elf walked with his stag into the dark forest. The path through the forest was winding and overgrown. The sky was hidden by the thick canopy of trees. The forest ended abruptly at the edge of a cliff which overlooked the ocean. It was a gray, tumultuous sea under a stormy sky. The path continued down a narrow ledge and into a cave set in the side of the cliff. Newfam was unsure of where this cave would lead, but he continued to faithfully follow Damir. They walked along the slippery floor of the cave for hours until they reached a square doorway hewn out of the rock. The elf, Newfam, hesitated at the doorway as it had inscriptions which he did not recognize. Damir continued without pause and Newfam decided to do the same when he noticed torchlight further down in the corridor. The hall ended in a great room lined with columns and torch stands. Newfam looked to the ceiling of the cavern and saw only darkness. In the distance, he could hear the faint taps of metal on metal. Who dares enter my realm uninvited? boomed a deep voice. It emanated from the far end of the room where a large figure sat in shadows on a throne made of bones. My name is Newfam, and, and this is my companion Damir. We've traveled a great distance from the Elflands of the North, and we seek shelter. His voice was quavering. Newfam placed a hand on Damir's side for courage. The deer did not seem shaken by this place at all. Shelter? What makes you think I will give you shelter? All who come here will be given only pain and toil in my forge. The owner of the voice rose from the throne and stepped forward. It was a large, beastly creature with skin the color of blood and large horns curling out of his head. He was three times taller than Newfam with a barrel chest and arms as thick as old oak trees. Uh, we mean no harm and apologize for the intrusion. We'll, we'll leave now. Newfam turned towards the way he had come, but an iron gate slammed into place and blocked his path. Have you come to fight me? Have you come to appease me with wealth? Have you come to plead for your life and join my army to survive the coming destruction? Creature's face was twisted in anger. I was merely following my stag, Damir. He's my dependable and loyal companion, and I remain by his side no matter where he leads. You mean you followed this animal here? His face appeared confused as he pointed at Damir. Yes, he is the most beautiful heart in the land and my trusted guide. Newfam tried to sound confident, but the beast had a menacing look about him. Newfam continued, We've lived for a time in a village of menfolk where they adored us and showered us with precious treasures. When, when Damir grew to be unhappy, we left. We lived for a time amidst the dwarves, and through our wealth we were given every kind of comfort and luxury. When, when Damir grew bored, we left. We lived for a time with the wood elves where I had a family, and Damir found a place working amongst the villagers. But when Damir grew restless, we left. Our path finally led us here to your great fortress by the sea. The elf looked up at the beast and waited anxiously for a response. To Newfam's surprise, the giant creature's face softened into a smirk, and then a broad smile of sharp black teeth as he began to laugh. His deep guffaw shook the cavern. <laughs> You've traveled all this way and lived all of those lives only because of this deer? Oh, that is hilarious! The beast walked to a back room and returned with a small group of figures hanging from chains in his hands. He roughly set them on the ground in front of Newfam. They each righted themselves and huddled together in fright. 
Each one was grimy and emaciated. The beast pointed to the human in the group. This human came here searching for the fame he would earn from slaying me, hoping to return to his kingdom with my head. He then nudged a bony dwarf who promptly fell over. This dwarf journeyed here pleading for the safety of himself and his clan. Finally, he held up a creature whose exact race Nufum couldn't even discern. This wretched creature approached me seeking power, hoping to become my second in command. The massive creature turned his attention back on Nufum. All of them were foolish, but you are the most foolish of them all. You had wealth and fame, but you gave it up because of discontentment. You had comfort and ease, but you left it behind because of boredom. You had family and love, but you forsook it because of restlessness. The beast gestured towards the helpless captives. These at least had some semblance of a noble reason for coming here in their own minds. The beast then carelessly threw the three prisoners back through the doorway from which they were brought. But you have made the more colossal mistake. You blindly entrusted your fate to an untamed, mindless, wild creature. The massive beast picked up Damir by the antlers with an effortless indifference and tossed him against the wall. The elf's beloved companion struck the stone wall with a crunch and then fell to the ground in a broken, bloody heap. The monster pushed Newfam to the ground with one massive hand and fastened shackles around his feet. Now you are my slave. You will work in my forge for the rest of your miserable life. You foolishly followed your heart, and it has only led you to pain and suffering. Newfam was never seen or heard from again. The end. <laughs> oh my god. You followed your heart. Get the it? End. Get the it? End. Heart? It's a it's wordplay. Wordplay. Oh this was just one one giant long pun setup. I mean, yeah, you it's just say a that. setup for a pun. Okay, so two things. Uh, first of all, I really think that this needs Celine Dion's The Heart Must Go On playing in the background whenever no, the story no, is read. No, 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 no. Nothing needs that ever. <laughs> but, ever. But, yeah, okay. But secondly, it reminds me of a joke that my, my dad used to tell. Do you guys want to hear the joke? No. Yes. <laughs> Deal. Okay. So, what, Curses! Once upon a time uh, in old Mexico, when what we now know as California was Mexico, there were two brothers who were born. They were uh, identical twins. And one of them, as fate would have it, was the good brother, always true and honest and noble. And the other brother was kind of a slime ball and, and fell into the wrong crowd and did a lot of the wrong things. So as they grew, they kind of went their separate ways. And one day, the kind of slime ball brother gets caught stealing. And um, the punishment for this particular crime was to have his arms cut off. And uh, You know, as you do. As, as, as you. As one does. Um, it was very, very horrible back then. So, of course, the authorities caught the wrong brother. The evil brother escaped, and the true and honest brother was caught, and they didn't believe him that he was innocent, and so they cut off his arms. And then, being un, you know, once he recovered, being unable to work, he went to the mission and said, you know, Father, is there anything that I can do? I'll, I'll work hard. I'll, I will do anything that you ask. There's not much I can do without arms, but I just need to eat, and I need a place to sleep. So the Padre thought about it for a while, and finally he said, you know what? We just lost our bell ringer. We have a bell tower. We have this bell that we ring to bring people to mass. And so if you can figure out a way to ring the tower bell, the job is yours. So he climbs the tower. He backs up a few paces and runs at the bell and slams his face into it. And he does this every day for about 10 years. 
but as you would guess, eventually this got to him all of the, the bangs in the head until one day he missed the bell flew out of the tower and hit the ground um, and died and a crowd gathered around and nobody had seen him in years. And so the, the villagers said, you know, does anybody know who this was? And one man finally said, well, I don't know, but his face sure rings a bell. No. Uh, Hold on, I'm not finished. Uh, no. So, okay. so Can you then, please be finished? No. So uh, then, it, then his brother comes back uh, and he hears the tragic news that the good brother had died and he has a, mo- a life-changing moment. So he goes back to the Padre at the mission and says, I was the one, I, my brother was wrongfully accused. He took my punishment and to atone for this, I would like to take up his old post and ring the bell. And so the, the Padre gave him the job. He went up and he rang it exactly the same way. Uh, he only lasted about eight years of running into this bell before it finally caught up with him. And one day he missed the bell and fell out of the tower. And the villagers all gathered around and, and were trying to figure out who this was. And nobody could guess, but one guy said, I don't know, but he's a dead ringer for the last guy. <laughs> You're very welcome. Oh, Can we be man. done now? We're done. That pun was Titanic. Join us next week as we gaze into the abyss. And by abyss, we mean navels. And by gazing into our navels, we mean writings about writing. Except for Chris, because he's too cool for school. This has been a production of The Telltales. Copyright for today's story belongs to David Prysock. So don't steal it, or he'll follow your heart, Tabitha. The theme music is by the Flat Creek Kings. This week's episode was sponsored by the new TimeFlex No Hands Analog Watch. Because, let's be honest, if you want to know what time it is, you're going to look at your phone. You're only wearing a watch to look cool anyway. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please share on social media and leave us a review on iTunes. You can find us at TelltalesWriting.com on Facebook by searching Telltales Writing, on Twitter at at Telltales Write, or on Instagram at Telltales Writing. If you did not enjoy this podcast, you can enroll in our existential removal program where your comments and yourself can be removed from existence. story is do not follow your heart it's a stupid plan you'll get enslaved by a demon and be subjected to puns and hard labor for eternity